Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Malachi. If you have a Bible with you, turn to Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, and follow along while I read. You have wearied the Lord by your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings and righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Up to this point in our study, we've seen Judah doubt God's love, and God reminds them how much he does love them and reminds them that the reason they don't feel his love is because they have dishonored him and put themselves in circumstances where they don't feel loved. And because of their selfishness and their behavior, they've not guarded the knowledge of God. And so the people of Judah have participated in worshiping other gods. Because the priests were responsible for this, God tells them they have broken faith with his covenant with the tribe of Levi, but the priests have also broken faith with God's people. And so as we pick up here, God says, you know, I'm getting a little tired of this. And Judah's response is, you're tired of what? And God says, I'm tired of you calling all of the bad things that you've been doing good and acting like you're entitled to something because of it. And calling all the good things that I've done for you and all the blessings I've given you bad because you didn't like the way that it looked or felt. God lets them know just saying that something is good doesn't make it good. Accusing someone or something of being bad doesn't make it bad. God himself defines goodness. If God is who he claims to be, creator of the universe and sovereign of all that we know, then he gets to decide what is good and what is bad. We don't get to dictate to him what we want and then call those things good, especially when they're things that work to destroy us. I think we see ample evidence in our society today of people doing exactly this. The things that fit what they want, they call good. 
It doesn't matter how despicable it is. It doesn't matter how much it goes against Scripture because it's perceived to be good for me or for my side of an argument. It must be good. And if it goes against what I want or what I think or what I expect, it must be bad. We also have a habit of looking at things that are bad or wrong and calling attention to those things. But in the process, assuming because those things are bad, we must be okay because we're not doing those things. But what we forget when we have that mindset is just because someone else is wrong, it doesn't make us right. Just because someone else has done something that transgresses God's will doesn't mean that I'm innocent. Very often, I'm just as guilty as the folks that are sinning in ways that are obvious to me, but I'm not acknowledging my sin. We can both be wrong. We can't both be right, but we can both be wrong. So for us as Christians, I think we have to be very careful to look at the circumstances, look at the actions, and determine how they align with God, not how they align with some other person or group of people. They may be wrong, but just because they're wrong, I'm not right. I'm only right when I do what God asks me to. Notice that when we talk and think this way, what we're doing is trying to justify ourselves. We're trying to convince God that what we're doing is okay, regardless of what he's called us to. But God has told us that there is no justification outside Christ, that unless we submit our will to his, we will not be acquitted of the wrongdoing that we've done in the past. But submitting my will to his means that I no longer try to convince him that I'm okay. I acknowledge that he's the one that's okay, and I do things the way he's called me to. The text here said that when Judah tried to justify themselves, it wearied God. I think it's safe to say in our time, if we're constantly trying to justify ourselves before God, rather than wholly submitting our will to the will of Christ, we weary God as well. The second thing mentioned here that wearied God was this idea of asking for justice. Judah did not think that God had been fair with them, that they had not gotten what they deserved. But as we've already seen, this was not so much a question of them not getting what they deserved, but them wanting or thinking they deserved a lot more than they did. And I think it's right for us to consider that if we're expecting more from God than we actually deserve, if we're expecting God's justice in the world when we're not being faithful, that that wearies God as well. Because the reality is, if God brings justice while we are unfaithful, part of setting things right means passing judgment on us as well. The Apostle Peter writes in one of his letters to a group of people who were upset that Jesus had not returned more quickly. They thought that Jesus should have already come back and set things right. But what Peter tells them is that they need to be careful in expecting God to come back right now, because what's happening is God is actually showing them mercy and giving them an opportunity to get their lives right before he does pass a final judgment. It's noteworthy here that these are people who thought they were in a right relationship with God 
and God warns them to be careful because they may not be able to stand when judgment comes. It's reminiscent of something Jesus says in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. There are a lot of folks in our time who claim to be doing the Lord's work, but when they meet Jesus face to face, they may find that they never actually knew him. This quotation from Jesus is important because in this text from Malachi that we're looking at in this episode, the judge who will come and set everything right, the messenger of the covenant, is Jesus himself. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth by God to do the things that are mentioned in this text. In the first verse of chapter 3, There are actually two messengers that are mentioned. The first messenger, the one that is called my messenger who will prepare the way for the Lord, is referring to John the Baptist. We know this because Jesus says so in Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. But we're told in this text, after a messenger comes and prepares the way, the presence of the Lord returns to the temple or to his temple. And that a messenger or the messenger of the covenant will sit as a refiner and a purifier. We're told that this messenger of the covenant will come to refine and clean, that he will act much like a refiner of silver who subjects it to intense heat and to fire to burn away the impurities. And we're told that he will use a fuller soap to cleanse the people. Fuller soap is a lye soap that was used to clean wool that's being made into cloth. As the messenger of this covenant, we are told in the New Testament that Jesus and his blood wash us whiter than snow. And Peter writes in his first letter that the trials we endure work as a way of purifying our faith in the same way that gold and silver are purified. We're told that the messenger of the covenant will purify the priest so that they can offer pleasing sacrifices. In the context of this chapter, the priests were the members of the tribe of Levi, but we read again in Peter's letter that all Christians are part of a royal priesthood, and it's through Jesus and because of Jesus that we're able to offer sacrifices to God that are pleasing as we give our lives to him. Then in verse 5, we're told that God will draw near for judgment after all of these things have happened, and that he will be a swift witness against those who lie and cheat and practice sorcery and oppress workers by not paying them enough wages and take advantage of widows and orphans and those who neglect the immigrants among them. There are many in our time who are very guilty of all of those sins. But they've attempted to justify themselves by claiming that it's politically expedient or thinking somehow that they're exempt from the standard that God has set down for the way that his children behave. But as this text clearly says, judgment will come, it will be swift, and it will separate the faithful from the unfaithful. So the question for us is, are we willing to listen to this messenger? 
the messenger that God sent to bring about a covenant that gives us access to him, not only in this life, but for eternity. In what areas of our life do we still need to hear this messenger? What aspects of our lives need to be set straight? What areas of our life need to be refined or cleaned? Will we allow ourselves to be cleansed by Jesus? Or will we be content to face judgment without it? Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.